Now this um, just continues directly on from uh, last week where Jesus is um, talking to um, his 12 that he has called, his 12 apostles, and also the crowds um, that are listening to him. So it's a bit of a tough one this week. So, yeah. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Thank you, Helga. Well, good morning. Uh, Year six to eight are going to head out for Bible study now with uh, Rob and Teresa. And uh, as Bertie said, well well done on uh, making it through the rain and the floods and uh, and getting here. It's quite an incredible rain, isn't it, that we're having? We we are so desperately need it, and uh, we thank God for His rain. I'm feeling a little bit off centre. You might be thinking um, I'm a bit off centre too. Uh, it's because there's a leak in the roof just uh, right there. So I, I could preach here with my umbrella, but um, anyway, I think we'll, we'll cope, won't we? Yeah. Let's uh, pray as we come to this great part of God's Word. Father God, we, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that you, uh, you are the living God who speaks. We thank you for this opportunity to gather as your people to hear your Word. And we ask that you would work in our hearts by your Spirit. Please shape and mould and change us, that we would live as you call us to. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the call to follow Christ is a radical call. It's a call to speak and to think and to act in a way that is radically different from the world and the culture around us. That's uh, it's true in all sorts of ways. And uh, we could talk about all the different ways that we're called to be different, but we increasingly, as followers of Christ, we find ourselves at odds with the values and the norms of the world around us. Put simply, to be Christian is to be different. Following Christ is radical. In fact, to some people, it it may in fact seem just crazy, bizarre, stupid. But here's the great and wonderful irony. It's actually the path to freedom and blessing and reward. It's actually the best way to live, which really shouldn't surprise us because Jesus came to show us the way to the Father, the one who created us, the one who knows us, the one who knows what's best for us, who wants what's best for us. So it shouldn't actually surprise us that he he actually knows what he's talking about. And yet it is a radical calling. Now this uh, radical, seemingly crazy, bizarre, stupid way of living is seen in today's Bible passage. And I'm excited to be opening this part of God's word with you. 
Because despite what might seem at first to be bizarre craziness, this does in fact hold for us profound, life-changing, life-shaping wisdom that I hope and pray will actually be the best thing that you've heard this week. That this will be something that radically impacts and shapes and changes your life. That's a big call, isn't it? But then again, we're dealing with the Word of God. And so it's reasonable to come to God's Word expecting Him to speak to us, expecting Him to challenge and change us. Well, what's this radical calling? It comes from Jesus uh, to his disciples as they're gathered around him. He says, verse 27, But to you who are listening, I say. Now, it's an interesting way for him to, to sort of, uh, interesting thing to say. To, to, to you who are listening, I say. Remember, we saw last week that a great crowd had gathered, that uh, there were many there to hear Jesus and to be healed by Jesus. But he focuses his attention and speaks to his disciples. Back in verse 20, looking at his disciples, he said, and we had last week's passage, it's possible to be hanging around Jesus as one of the crowd, but not really to be listening to Jesus. Where are we? Are we we listening to Jesus? Are we ready to hear what he's got to tell us? To you who are listening, Jesus says. Well, the radical call, verse 27, to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Now, at face value, you've got to say this seems, um, this seems a bit ridiculous, right? Is this kind of a call to be a doormat? Allow yourself to be used, to be abused, to be mistreated, to be robbed. You know, if, someone, if you see someone stealing your car, do you run after them and, and, and give them the, so you can give them the keys to your wife's car as well? And, and hey, would you like my house keys while I'm at it? I mean, when someone knocks on the door and asks for money, collecting donations, do you just you know, empty your wallet and max out the credit card? Just give to everyone who asks you, it says. If you're being assaulted, do we just say, yeah, no worries. Now, look, why don't you hit me on this cheek too? Is this a ridiculous call to be a doormat? What about justice? What about protecting the vulnerable? What about calling others to account and stopping them from harming others and and even themselves through their destructive behaviour? What is Jesus saying? Well, this is hyperbole. What's hyperbole? It's a, uh, as it says on the screen, here's a definition, a figure of speech that involves exaggeration of ideas for the sake of emphasis. And we're familiar with this. We, We use it often, my grandmother is as old as the hills. Well, actually, the, the hills are older than her, but yeah, you get my point. You know? I'm dying of shame. Well, I'm not actually dying, but I'm feeling kind of embarrassed. I've been waiting forever. Actually, not forever. but We use hyperbole all the time. You see what I did there? 
Now, Jesus is a master of hyperbole. I'll give you a classic example, Mark 9, 47. If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Now, Jesus is not saying that the kingdom of God is going to be full of of one-eyed, maimed, crippled saints. He's exaggerating to make a, a powerful point. He's saying sin is serious. Deal with it. Even take radical steps to deal with sin. Likewise here, Luke 6, Jesus is not saying we should welcome abuse and robbery and being impoverished. He's not saying that. Okay, so what is he saying? He's saying be generous to others with your love, with your possessions, with your forgiveness, with yourselves, even to those who don't deserve it. He's saying don't follow the conventional rules of of reciprocal relationships whereby the way that I treat you is in direct response to how you treat me. So if you slap me on the cheek, I'll slap you on the cheek. If you take snatch my coat, I'll snatch it right back and I'll I'll snatch yours too because you snatched mine. If you take what belongs to me, I will demand it back. That's normal. That's the normal conventional rules of reciprocal relationships. I treat you according to how you treat me. You treat me according to how I treat you. I've got a little a diagram here to, to reflect. See, how, how is it that I treat, how do I relate to others? Well, the way they treat me, that will determine how I treat them. And we carry on this little reciprocal dance. That's, that's normal. And it's not just in negative situations where of being mistreated or being hurt. Even when we treat others kindly, when we do the right thing, How often do we do that with this kind of reciprocal expectation that we'll be recognised, that we'll be rewarded, that we'll receive kindness in return? Us uh, us husbands can be notorious for this. I'll I'll give you an example. In our household, Jenny uh, Jenny manages the laundry. Jenny is the queen of the laundry. And if you know Jenny, you know that's that's true. Now, occasionally, if Jenny's, uh, you know, she puts a load of washing on and she's heading out, she, she might say, hey, Jono, can you, um, can you hang the load when it's done? No worries. Now, you need to understand, hanging washing is my least favourite domestic chore. I, I, would, I would just about do any other domestic chore than hanging washing. We have one of, those, one of those fixed clotheslines that I'm sure that they were built for dwarfs. And so, and so I've, got to, I've got to do this to, to hang the washing. So I'm doing this. And the other, I don't know if you've noticed this, but why is it that there seems to be three million pairs of socks and undies in every load of washing? And, and the more you pull them out, the, the more they are, the more that they're there. I, I don't know whether the basket of washing is a bit like Jesus' basket of, of, of loaves and, and, and fish. They just miraculously keep multiplying. But when on these, these occasions, the Jenny's headed out and asked me to hang the load of washing, when I actually remembered to do it, it's always good, and I triumph over the clothesline with its vicious intent to dislocate my neck, and, and I successfully conquer the, the maliciously multiplying socks and undies, and I hang the load of washing. What do I do? Well, I send a text to Jenny saying, <laughs> in other news... The washing is hung, I am a superhero. (laughs) 
It's a little running joke that uh, Jenny and I uh, have going. And of course, my, my motive in, in letting Jenny know that the washing is hung is, is my pure concern for her, for her peace of mind. <laughs> or maybe more to the point, to reassure her that I have actually remembered to do it this time. But if I'm honest, do I also like to point out the things that, that I've done so as to receive praise and recognition and reward, maybe a little badge or something? <laughs> How often do we give to others expecting that we'll receive from others? That's the normal way of, of relating. That's normal. But Jesus, in this this beautifully shocking and exaggerated way, throws it out the window. And he says, don't do that. Don't play that game. Even if someone's your enemy, even if they hate you, if they curse you and mistreat you, don't give them back enmity and hatred and cursing and mistreatment. Don't pay back evil for evil. But meet evil with good. Love them. Do good to them, bless them, pray for them. Jesus says we should be extravagantly generous with our love, our possessions, our forgiveness, ourselves, even to those who don't deserve it. That is, we are, verse 31, to do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, it's not, we don't treat others how they actually treat us. We treat others how we would have them, how we would want them to treat us. We don't play that, we're not to play the, the, the normal game of reciprocal relationships. Jesus says anyone can do that. In fact, he goes on, verse 32, he says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. Jesus says, don't go with the flow. Don't just love those who love you, treating others how they treat you. Anyone can do that. As someone said, even dead dogs can float downstream. Jesus says, don't be like sinners. It's of no credit, no benefit. That way of relating is empty and shallow, And it's easily eroded. Back to our diagram. See, if if how I treat you depends on how you treat me, then what happens if if I don't feel that you're treating me as well as you used to? What do I do? I change how I treat you. And it gets worse. And it might even go kind kind of nasty with hating and cursing and mistreatment. What's the use of only loving those who love us? Of only treating people in accord with how they treat us? It's actually a self-defeating, constraining form of slavery. Jesus says, don't go that way. Don't be like the sinners. Instead, be like your Father God. See, what does God do? God loves his enemies. Romans 5 verse 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, or verse 10 describes us as God's enemies, Christ died for us. Jesus loved his enemies. 
Jesus did good to those who hated him. Jesus blessed those who cursed him. He prayed for those who mistreated him. Jesus was like his father who is kind and merciful. Friends, that's the radical call to us. Verse 35, Jesus says, But love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. See, how does God relate to us? Well, he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. He is merciful. And Jesus says, be like your father. Reflect that. Show that same love and mercy to others. And not just to those who respond to you in the same way, but even to those who don't reciprocate. Or even those who mistreat you. Friends, this is radical and this is powerful and it's liberating because it means I'm not constrained by this reciprocal tit-for-tat kind of need to relate to you according to how you relate to me, treating you how you've treated, uh, treating you in the same way that you've treated me, giving you what you deserve. I'm not constrained to that because God is, is merciful to me because he's my heavenly father. Because I'm listening to him and I'm valuing what he values, I'm striving to imitate him, I can choose to and strive to show you mercy and kindness and love even when you don't deserve it. And I don't need to get a reward or a response from you. I mean, it's great and it's a whole lot easier when I do. And it hurts and it's a whole lot harder when I don't. But I can. I can do it. Because the horizontal relationship from me to you is directed and shaped and fueled by the vertical relationship with God. This is the radical call of Jesus to those who are listening to him, those who are his disciples, those who've decided to, to follow him. Now, perhaps some of you here this morning haven't yet made that decision. If that's you, I just want to point you to Jesus and his word. Point you to the mercy and kindness of God and commend him to you. To say, give Jesus a hearing. Read through Luke's gospel. See the life and the hope that he gives, the transformation that Jesus brings. But to everyone, to anyone who is listening to Jesus... Friends, this has significant and profound applications to our lives. In our homes, in, in relationships with spouse and kids and parents and siblings, whatever our circumstances, we're called to love others, to do what is good for them, not because they deserve it and not even in response to their love for us, but because we want to be just like our Father. We want to be merciful as our Father is merciful. Now I need to clarify this point, and I want to be very clear. Jesus is not condoning people's bad behaviour. He is not saying Christians should just put up with someone who abuses them, that they should just turn the other cheek. That, that verse has been horrendously abused and twisted. Some of you may know that only too well. 
Yes, we should pray for those who mistreat us. Yes, we should do good to those who hate us. Yes, we should strive to forgive them as in Christ God has forgiven us, knowing that that forgiveness is is not cheap, it's not easy, it's not quick. But none of this means that we can just stand by and somehow allow them to continue to mistreat us. In fact, if someone is abusing us, then stopping them from continuing that, that is actually part of a loving response to them. As we seek to prevent the ongoing and destructive effects of their sin, both for their sake and for our sake and for the sake of others. This passage touches on, on what is a big and important topic. And I want to say, if, if you or someone you know is in an abusive situation, do not think for a second that Jesus is saying it's okay to condone and excuse and tolerate abuse. It's not. And please feel free to ask me later or get in touch with me later if, you, if you've got questions about this. That's a very important clarification. We must get that right. But don't let that question distract us from hearing what Jesus is saying. This call to a radically different way of relating in our homes, at work, at school, uni, wherever we are, we're not to repay evil with evil. But instead, we should act out of generosity to others. A generosity that's not, it's not grounded in, in how you treat me, but it's actually grounded in how God treats me. When your spouse, your brother, sister, workmate, whoever it is, when, when they're being selfish and grumpy, you don't need to follow suit and imitate them. It's hard not to. But instead, we can strive to imitate our gracious, loving Heavenly Father. We can strive to be merciful just as He is merciful. Is that easy? No. Will we do it perfectly? No. We're, we're works in progress. Which means for our little diagram that uh, our relationships usually look a little bit more like this. Want to say that again? And that's, that's just before 9am in our household. <laughs> it's messy. We're works in progress. But praise God, he is thoroughly, consistently gracious, kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, even to people like us. And so we press on and we seek to imitate our Father. In those hard times when we're struggling to do that, we pray, God, help me to be like you. Help me to be like you, to be merciful just as you are merciful to me. You know what? He answers that prayer because that's what he wants us to be. Well, do you want to ask any questions, make any comments? For a lead us in prayer. It was great last week, wasn't it, to have um, have question time with Ben? And no, no, uh, you know, promises of the same kind of level of uh, of wisdom or insight. But you got any questions? Uh, any comments you want to make? It's a tricky passage.
No one's going. Yeah, Joy. How do you work that out? Work through that. Yeah, great, great question. Jesus calls us to to pray for those who mistreat us, to be kind, to even to to forgive, as as in Christ we are forgiven. In fact, we'll um, we'll see that next week. Um, that's not easy though, and it's it's not instant. It's not like oh yep, I'm forgiven. I forgive you. That's done. Often forgiveness is a, a long process. What's more, as you as you rightly said. Often there are consequences to what's happened. They've, they've wronged you and they've done it. And there are ongoing effects of that that can't just be sort of brushed aside. So our intent should be to aim for forgiveness, to work towards that. Uh, but we need to recognise that that's, that's uh, often a, an ongoing process. And we've got to head in that direction. Um, the other thing I'll say is that being willing to forgive someone is not the same thing as being reconciled to them. They need to actually want reconciliation, want to admit they're wrong and, and seek that forgiveness. Uh, but we can still uh, be open to forgiveness. And actually in doing that, we find we're letting go of that, that wrong that they've done against us. So it's actually profoundly helpful to us to... To, to move towards that place of, of offering forgiveness. I hope that's helpful. Questions, comments? If there's other things you would, you'd like to talk to me about, please uh, grab me later on. I'd be very happy to, uh, to talk further. Let's, um, let's come before our great Heavenly Father now and pray. Let's pray. Our Father God, we thank and praise you that you are so kind and so merciful. You are, you are kind, as it says, to the ungrateful and wicked, even to people like us. Father, we thank you that while we were still sinners, while we were your enemies, that you loved us and gave your Son for us. Father, we thank you for your word and for this call to be radically different. We thank you for the the blessing, the freedom, the liberation that comes as we seek to reflect you in our relationships. Father, we ask that you would help us with this. Please strengthen us. Please help us to, to listen to Jesus' words and to put them into practice. Help us to not just treat others according to how they treat us, but help us to be like you. Help us to be merciful just as you are merciful. Father, we, uh, we're conscious we so often fail in this regard and we ask that you would forgive us and we ask that you'd help us when it's hard. Please change us. Please enable us to lift our eyes to you and to allow your love towards us, to, to allow that to direct and shape and fuel our love towards others. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.